This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Very excited uh, because we have the NFL's job fair in India, and there's no better place for a job fair, I think, than Indianapolis. And Darren Gant, Panthers.com, uh, is there as we ask the old guy, uh, how's it going in Indianapolis, sir? It is delightful. I was just asking Victoria, there's a lot of dudes walking around here in quarter zips, bro, hugging each other in the <laughs> hallway. What's the female equivalent of the bro hug? Is there such a thing? Is it just hug? No, I think it's the, uh, it's like the, uh, the Euro fake kiss. It's the cheek to cheek, one side, cheek, the other. Ah, gotcha. Well, you know, she didn't, she didn't have an immediate answer. She promised me she was going to research it. And if I know anything of Victoria, it's that she's behind the scenes working hard to get to that answer. Yes, I will get it done, Darren. (laughs) You know me well. Uh, oh, so let, let's talk about what uh, what both Dan and Dave talked about. And I'm, this is not a decathlon, uh, even though I do think it is funny that we have Dan and Dave now uh, running the show. Yeah, we're the... dating ourselves <laughs> with those 1992 Olympics references. Gosh, Great work. And what? And but neither of them made the Olympic team. Uh, details, details. <laughs> it was Reebok a good try. It's a good try. Exactly. It was a good try by Reebok. Um, look, there was not really a lot that they were that they could reveal, uh, but they did focus on the offensive line. Um, what do what do you think they hope to accomplish in that regard? At the, not that you're going to accomplish anything at the scouting combine, but do you think that's that maybe and receiver are their two biggest missions there? Um, I think there's certainly, I mean, the Carolina Panthers are not a position where they can focus only on one position. I mean, not with where they are as a roster, not with where they are in the draft order. So I, I think they've got to cast a wide net. You've just got to plan in a year like this. You've got to prepare for the whole draft and then see where you're picking uh, in late April. Because I, and it's not me saying I think they're going to move here or there. you just got to be smart all the way down the board and make sure you know the whole board because they're not in a spot, for instance, if they get to the top of round two or the end of round one on Thursday night and something's standing out on their board, be that person a middle linebacker or a pass rusher or a guard or a receiver. I mean, they can't really say no to any of those spots. You find the right guy, you find your highest rated guy regardless and, and go forward with that. I mean, you asked about offensive line. I, I think one of the most telling things yesterday was just the way they dismissed out of hand the suggestion that Ike Aquanu might somehow become a guard after right. spending his life playing tackle. I mean, and here's the thing, and Dan and Dave didn't say this, but this is my take on it. Could you upgrade from Ike Aquanu? Sure. You can upgrade from just about anybody. Is there a guy available who you can afford given all the other needs on your roster right now? You know, I, I just think if you look at incumbent pieces and stack them up one through 22, you know, replacing Icky is probably not in the top five for me. Oh, I, I totally understand. Would would Brady, Brady Christensen as an every down left guard, would that make Icky Aquanu better, you think? It did in 2022. I mean, I, I just think having someone smart and stable next to Icky helps a lot. I mean, because, listen, let's be honest. You go through a year playing, 
you know, seven left guards and eight right guards, and the tackles are going to look worse than they are right. because there's no continuity. You don't know who's next to you. There's no chance to communicate because you guys aren't even speaking the same language. So I, I just think it's um, whether it's Brady, whether it's you know, think about Austin Corbett on the other side next to Taylor Moten, I just think anybody for 16 weeks would be better than last year's hash that they threw out there. So it's uh, it's going to be hard not to make that position better, even if health is the only upgrade. So I, I think they want to bring in more guys because, listen, you're shaped by your experiences, and anybody who's adjacent to the Carolina Panthers last year is scarred by having to play so many guards, Bryce taking yeah. 62 sacks, almost breaking Steve Berline's franchise record <laughs> uh, from 2000. I mean, it's just – there were so many things going wrong, and, and they're not going to get caught in that position again. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on, or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money, and then we meet every year to, and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Darren Gann. Panthers.com joining us from Indianapolis boots on the ground at the NFL's job fair. It's also really a place where GMs and some coaches, the ones who bothered to go, cause not all coaches go uh, They're They're also making contacts about potential trades. We have not seen a franchise tag placed on Brian Burns. At least I haven't uh, as of yet. Where, where are the Panthers with the pursuit of a long-term deal with Burns or potentially relocation? They're working on it. I mean, they're working on talking to him. I mean, they've had some meetings with his agent uh, while they're here. Those conversations will doubtless continue. But, I mean, if they can't come up with something between now and March 5th, which is, what, next Tuesday, if they don't come up with something between now and the 5th, they'll tag him. I mean, that's just the smart thing to do. And there's no – because it preserves your options. You know, it gives right. you the opportunity to either do a long-term deal with him before July 15th, keep him for the year on that number, and run it back again the following year if you want to do it that way, or try to find value otherwise. And, and listen, Brian is a guy who has value to more teams than the Carolina Panthers. So yeah. if they get in a spot where you can't do a deal, then you, then you would – be forced, I guess, to move him. And if they do, they're going to get good value because he's 25 years old and he has 46 sacks. And <laughs> he's at, at that sweet spot. I mean, a lot of times in free agency, you're buying old guys, right. you know, over-the-hill guys, and, and guys who are on the downsides of career. It's reasonable to suggest that Brian Burns has still got five years of exceptional football in front of him. At what point do they have to uh, – when does the period end where you have to tag him? March 5th. March, March oh. 5th. Next Tuesday is the deadline to tag him. That gives you about a week in advance of free agency to make other plans and know what you're dealing with going in. And listen, if you tag Brian, that's $22 million bucks. That's a big number sitting against the cap. They've got good. They've got a good amount of space there in the upper third of the league in terms of cap space available without restructuring any contracts or cutting anybody or doing anything like that. So they're in good position. Obviously, if you tag Brian, that's a big number sitting there like a rock on your cap. Yeah. And 
you know, it, it, it limits some of your flexibility, but it by no means takes them out of the market for some of the stuff they want to do. Darren Gant, Panthers.com, joining us from Indianapolis. They Like, there was a story yesterday where all of none of the running backs are going to get tagged. Saquon Barkley not getting tagged. Josh Jacobs not getting tagged. Tony Pollard not getting tagged. They're all basically free to negotiate with other teams. Was there anybody on that list that was intriguing to you for me? A.J. Dillon I mean, kind of jumped out. You know, there's a lot of names on that list that are intriguing to me. I mean, and, and when you think about it, you know, the Carolina Panthers are starting Tuba Hubbard at running back. Yeah. There's nothing against Tuba. Tuba ran hard last year and kind of created a job for himself where he entered the year as a backup. And, you know, I think he's a, a physical runner. He's not the most explosive guy, but he runs hard and he, he converts things. I mean, he just... Yeah. He's a pretty good running back, but it's possible to upgrade there. And, I mean, if you start talking about the difference between Saquon Barkley and Chuba Hubbard, it's significant. So I I think it's a possibility. I I think that's going to be one of those markets that's fascinating for me in free agency just because um, it's obvious that everybody decided all at once, yeah, we don't want to get in this business. We don't want to you know, overpay these guys. And did the Panthers overpay last year for Miles Sanders? I guess. Sure. Yeah. There's not really any arguing that. So I would be surprised if they got in at the top of the market, but if that thing starts creating value with some of these dudes falling through the cracks after one or two of them get a deal, then I could see that. Oh, I I would, I would absolutely be on board with, yeah, you don't do it right away because you're going to pay a higher price. Uh, but yeah. you, you wait, you know, you wait a month or so and there's a bunch of guys left and you go, okay. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, I think AJ Dillon is said, right? I'm pro running back. I, I am. I still think that position has a ton of value to a team, if not the market in dollars and cents, because you got to run. And Dave Canales talked about that yesterday. He said, you know, last year in Tampa, they were stubborn about running. They didn't run it particularly efficiently. But over the course of the year, they got better at it, and they won a division, won a playoff game. So I I think you can be an effective running team without having an elite back. But if you look at what San Francisco did this year, you got a Christian McCaffrey, you got a chance. Yeah, well, McCaffrey, I think we all agree. McCaffrey's the outlier, right? He's the guy that, you know, um, I understand after he got the contract from Carolina that he got hurt for two years in a row. um, But... We all see what he is now. He's the outlier in that, just like LaDainian Tomlinson or Barry Sanders or even a Derrick Henry because he's been around for such a long time now. Right. These guys are outliers. But for the most part, it's funny how people talk about it. They talk about like, well, running backs don't matter anymore. Well, that's it, there's, it, there's two things at work here. The running mm-hmm. back matters. It's who the running back is doesn't matter as much because of the drop-off that happens four or five years, except when we're talking about those guys. And Christian McCaffrey is one of those. But for the most part, all of these guys ultimately become disposable. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
Well, I mean, that's the NFL. Uh, right. You know, that's also radio and newspapers, too, isn't it? We're all disposable. A hundred percent. I'm turned, just trying, I'm trying this, to reinvent myself. This turned, dark, <laughs> this turned dark in a hurry. I don't know what happened. We started out talking about bro huts, and here we are staring into the abyss, and it's staring right back. Derek can. Panthers.com is joining us here. If you had to identify a spot on the defensive side of the ball where Carolina must get better, where is it? Pass rusher. I mean, that's that's the job. I mean, even and that's with or without Brian Burns. I mean, if if it's without Brian Burns, if they end up tagging him or trading him or something like that, um, then you got to go get two of them. You you need to go get another one, even with Brian. I, I go back this this defense in its purest form is a lot like what Dom Capers was coaching in 1995. And a three four defense that's built this way needs that second one to maximize the first one's talent. If you think back to '95, Lamar Lathan was pretty good. Yeah, Lamar Lathan was great when he got Kevin Green on the other side instead of Darian Connor. So. That second one makes a huge difference, and you saw they gave it a shot with Justin Houston last year, and and he was not as advertised. He didn't have anything left in the tank uh, and didn't play a whole lot of football and didn't play good football when he was on the field, but that's the point. I mean, they got to get a second one over there on the other side. Now, Etor Grossmatos played well last year when he was on the field. Uh, It was unfortunate that he was hurt and missed six games because he would have created a pretty good market for himself with the way he played. Um, I think he's a possibility. Maybe you bring him back, but you still need to supplement that position because Brian on his own uh, can be doubled, can be chipped. People can slide to him and all that stuff. There's got to be somebody on the other side to make people pay for that. And, and I just think you've got to – I think also with the stabilization on offense, and Dave talked about that a lot, it's not like he's trying to fix Bryce. He's just trying to raise the level across the board, you know, get everything from the bottom to the middle and see how much better Brian Burns is at pass rushing. Oh, you've got a chance to play with a lead in a fourth quarter once this year, which they didn't (laughs) do at all last season. You think his numbers would have been better? I think they would have been better. Yeah, they might have been. There's, there's, there's no, like, I don't know that there's ever been. Right. He didn't play a second in a fourth (laughs) quarter with a lead. I mean, he was never under duress. <laughs> there was never a moment where the other team had to throw to catch up. So, I mean, that limited Brian's chances to do what Brian's best at. Darren Gant, Panthers.com, boots on the ground in Indianapolis, the NFL's job fair. Uh, I look forward to the athletic part of the competition. The swimsuit uh, the swimsuit competition is coming up. Uh, I appreciate your time always, sir. We'll talk to you again. Sounds good. See y'all. Thank you, Darren Gant. Panthers.com. We can ask the old guy uh, all the time. Gosh. Yeah, we went. We did. We went from bro hugs to uh, to staring into the abyss. Yeah, we Although, did. Darren was the one who brought that up. He did. So, nobody has reinvented himself better than Darren Gant. He is just absolutely outstanding.